Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with all the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening in for another week. So for today's episode, we are going to enter the heads of livestock producers to find out what's keeping them up at night. So that was a question that was asked in a survey commissioned by Auctions Plus and released in a new report called The Gavel. And there were some pretty interesting results. So I have Tim McRae with me today. Now, Tim is Chief Economist at Auctions Plus with a long history in agricultural economics focused positions for Meat and Livestock Australia, as well as the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. And he now lives and works on farm in Orange. So it's our pleasure to have Tim here today for a chat and to share some of his insights from the research. I hope you really enjoy the conversation and we'll get it underway. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today, Tim. I think it's a first for Options Plus, which is probably pretty overdue. So great to have you calling in from Orange today. Not a problem at all, Olivia. Thanks for having us. And how is the land looking at the moment? Uh, Look cold. Um, typical orange late autumn, but um, looks really good. Um, you know, there's you'd go a long way to find some producers that weren't happy with how it's looking. You know, the the mice are causing some issues a bit further west from from orange, but uh, no, certainly around here it's it's looking great. Good to hear, and the happiness of farmers is pretty well aligned to what we want to talk about today, which is the thoughts and feelings of livestock producers of all things, but. Auctions Plus have done the grunt work and commissioned some survey research to get rid of all the anecdotes and get us some data, which, of course, we are all for. So that was really great to see. And in some of the areas of this survey, it seemed to pretty well reflect what we're seeing and hearing on the ground. So pretty obvious that livestock producers are confident enough to be restocking and rebuilding flocks. But When they were asked about their level of confidence in their financial future over the next five years, the survey pointed that livestock producers were 18 points higher than the general Australian population. So were you surprised by that number at all? I wasn't surprised that they were more confident. I was surprised that they were that more confident than the rest of the population. I think when we look at and spoke to the market surveying company about this, they they track it every month through an Australian Hour survey. And they did say that uh, things had risen out of the COVID times from the financial and outlook for the general Australia. But, you know, when you compare it to livestock producers, I think certainly the season and prices for both sheep and cattle and lamb have been very good. And that always puts a, a spring in their step. But I also think some of that confidence was getting through the COVID period. There was disruptions, um, but relatively easily that they were able to carry on a lot of their activities. I know there was some processing closed down over the time, but all in all, the the business of agriculture was able to continue pretty well through COVID and come out the other side with a season that was only improving. So for most of the producers, yes, you know, they are feeling very good about things. Um, Queensland producers, a little less confident than than their southern counterparts, um, but that does correspond to there's there's some regions in Queensland that are still looking pretty dry. Um, and, you know, they're not looking for another six months until that improves. So overall, as expected, but um, I didn't think we were doing that much better than the rest of the rest of the Australian population. 
Yeah, and you know, if you'd told us 18 months ago how quickly things in agriculture would push through those challenges, I'm not sure that anyone would have quite believed. I mean, even sectors like wool to think that we're back at levels um, where they are now is really impressive. Yeah, look, I think um, for all the years where it's drought and hard, well, it's always hard work, but drought and, and concerned about where the feed and water is going to come from, um, I think you know, producers like to see these times. It's certainly a reward for all their effort to keep breeding stock moving through those drought years. And and that is, you know, a quiet confidence that they had. Um, but again, I'd, I'd probably reiterate and particularly came out of talking to some beef producers up at, at Rockhampton um, earlier in the month. There are there are regions that we need to remember that are still doing it pretty tough, um, particularly up around Richmond in North Queensland and some central parts of Queensland that, you know, they're running at 30 to 40 percent of their traditional herds. Um, so there's still some way to go in some regions that uh, aren't out of the woods yet. Absolutely. For for cattle especially, it's not a quick path to rebuilding those numbers either. So there's a long long haul yet for many regions. Yeah, particularly. It, it, was, it was really polarising, I suppose you could say, some of the confidence speaking to producers um, in Rockhampton and post the survey going out. You know, anyone from New South Wales was probably pretty confident and smiling, but Again, those Queensland producers, um, it was a real mixed bag about how they they were certainly confident in general that prices were good. So if they were forced to sell due to the season, they had got good returns. Um, but they were very concerned about, you know, the 12 months ahead, as you would be when you're in dry conditions, about how they buy back, how they increase their their breeding numbers when their season hopefully does turn in the coming year. Yeah. And one of the things that was mentioned in the report that, got talked about at Rockhampton is is this as good as it gets which is a pretty good question I mean we talk about this all the time saying how exciting it is to be in agriculture and clearly livestock producers think it's an exciting time to be in farming but the question is Tim for you is what do you think about that and what do producers think about that? I think the general answer was you know if I asked 10 people I think seven out of ten would have said yeah this is as good as it gets. The price of record levels, it was just after the EYCI had gone above 900 cents. They'd had at least 15 months for some of them to sell, almost sell twice into this market. So for seven out of 10, they were they were pretty good and, you know, wanted to see it continue. But I think, again, for that three out of 10, that the season was still tough or they were trying to see how they could um, purchase stock at these very high prices, they weren't so much as good as it gets. Um, they were more cautious, I think, um, and hoping hoping that the, these conditions would continue or the market would continue um, over the next, you know, beyond 12 months to make sure they could also participate in what those, you know, those producers in good regions had been uh, been very happy to, uh, to sell stock into. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it does hold out. Of course, the price is just the one picture of it. So... You know, it's total farm health that we've got to look at here and the rebuild and, and getting herds back up to where they were pre-drought uh, is definitely an important side of that. And the other thing that, that was very noticeable in Rockhampton was even whilst there was, you know, three out of ten maybe that weren't experiencing the same seasonal conditions, those three out of ten people were certainly very happy for the others in the industry to be benefiting from it. I think there was very much the camaraderie of, it's great to see the season good in a lot of places. And those those producers, whilst they were still still doing it tough, um, you know, they still had a, 
somewhat springing their step that that their share of that was coming down the line um they just needed needed some rain and you know they could participate as well so that camaraderie was certainly very evident yeah, and hopefully it does hold out and come their way very soon but another part of the study tim was looking more at the challenges and opportunities faced by livestock producers so what were some of the key things that producers are being kept up at night by yeah, well, if you're in some areas at the moment, it's probably mice. Um, but no, certainly the whole design behind this survey was I've always wanted to ask producers, what keeps you up at night, excluding weather and livestock prices? You know, take out the big two, which is always front of their mind. And it was a really wide range of responses that we got. I think one of the things most relevant to me was the awareness that producers have about the importance of global markets for their product. Um, you know, I have no doubt they, they know where their their cattle and their beef and their lamb goes off. Um, but from what we could see from the results, you know, the, the further thought they give to those markets was both very encouraging to see, but a lot of them put it down that it was a concern for them. They're thinking about, is that going to continue? Is Are we going to continue to have trade issues with China? You know, you've only got to look in the the global beef market in the last week about how things can come out of nowhere with Argentina's export ban. So they are very switched on to what's going on in those global markets. Um, but given a lot of them mentioned that it was a concern, given the relative little impact they can have on, on how they control their access to a global market was very interesting. Yeah, that was my first thought as well when I saw that global markets was the main thing keeping them up at night. It's, yeah, the one part that they really don't have too much control over. I, I would love to ask a further question beyond that of, of how much does the Australian dollar go into that? I mean, every news report you get, you hear what the Australian dollar's at and, and they all know very well that that's a major factor in our competitiveness globally. So... I'd love to ask some further questions on that. But, you know, global markets, the other part that went with that was their concerns for regulations, which I think is a is a very much matching to having access to global markets. You have to have regulations to supply the product that is suitable and traceable to all those markets. And the fact that they mentioned that was concerns of increasing regulations for their for their production was was also interesting. I think it does have that natural link to having access to markets. But I also think you ask any business, not just agriculture, you ask any business about what's a concern or keeps them awake at night. And I reckon regulation and, and red tape would be right up there. Yeah, I think you're probably pretty spot on there, Tim. And these things as well, that was done over the last 12 months. And obviously, you know, the China trade tensions were all front and centre then. So these will change over time. We've got things now like the new FTAs coming into place, so they might all improve that situation going forward. Yeah, look, I think, you know, again, you know, interesting to see up at Rockhampton of the the interest there was in a lot of the, you know, lectures or, or speakers who are looking at international markets. It's always, I think producers always find that extremely interesting. They like to see where their product is going. Um, but, you know, with that comes regulation. And I think when we looked at some of the other, you know, main business concerns that were raised, environment was there. That's always a factor, but the responses there were very regional or state-based. I mean, in Queensland, it was about land clearing um, and the ability to farm your block as requested as you'd like. Whereas you go into New South Wales, particularly the Murray Darling Basin, it was water access and and prices there. Um, and then when you went to some of the more sort of, I suppose 
urban encroachment um, when you're headed down towards some of the bigger centres. Um, I know around here in Orange it's an issue um, being able to farm your land. So the environment and environmental issues start to feed into some of their main concerns as well, which I thought would have been higher because that is a day-to-day -day issue they face. It will be interesting to track these. Obviously, this is the first survey, but looking at how that this picture is different next year, I think if you'd gone back 12, maybe 24 months ago, something like social licence, which is a you know fairly small wedge on the concern wheel now, uh, might have been a, a much bigger part of it compared to now. Yeah, look, the ones like social licence and, um, you know, the biosecurity side of things, yeah, I think would have been much higher back through drought periods. One of the advantages, I think, of doing the survey when we did it was it was as good as it gets. Prices were at record highs pretty much in the same week. Um, so at least we asked the questions when the bar was at its all-time high. Yeah, very interesting to see what we'll do down the road with these questions to ask But social licence. And there was a, a question that we asked around, do you feel you're well represented? And almost four out of five producers felt they were misrepresented in the mass media, which was a very interesting response given the effort that's gone in, I think, over the last decade of being of, of making the general population much more aware of the agricultural and the farming side of the of the business. So that was a, a surprising response, I think, out of the survey. Yeah, a perfect message from farmers saying that even though we we are doing a lot about it, it's not enough yet. <laughs> And a good response came from one producer. He said, well, how do we want to be represented? And I thought, well, that's a really good question because, again, so many different sectors within agriculture, you know, different views of how they want to be represented and sometimes who wants to align with who and which industry and how do they want to be seen by the, the mass media. I mean, it was a very, the very first morning up at Rockhampton, there was a, um, you know, it was all action and there was an article on the, uh, a news coverage on the ABC News that morning which I think was going national. And it was a very much um, tongue-in-cheek version of how the beef industry was represented and a bit of sort of um, hit and giggle, if you like, from the, the media outlet that did it. And I think that was a really good indication of how the industry was represented in some instances in the mass media in the larger cities. Yeah, we look at the MLA campaigns that uh, happen every year for Australia Day lamb and they always get a lot of attention and a, a lot of hype. So there are some great initiatives happening, but yeah, lots more to do in the space, yeah, I guess. Certainly. One of the final questions that the survey was looking at was how much of a concern social, economic and the regulatory pressures were. So just to go through some stats and pick them out of the report. Things like land prices had 49% of producers very concerned, 30% slightly concerned, and then others like cost of inputs were 44% very concerned and 43% slightly concerned. So what did you think of some of those results? I had every confidence that land prices would be at the top of the of the very concerned aspect. And I think that's that's everywhere from young farmers trying to buy into the industry or, or expand into the industry through to established farmers looking to buy their neighbours out and just knowing that, yes, while their own property value is going up, so is their neighbours that they've coveted for, for a long time or maybe several generations. So the land prices, I think, was, was top of mind. And I mean, I think in Australia, land prices and real estate is always the first conversation. The property rights and cost of inputs 
Yeah, I, I'm surprised that um, the cost of inputs was as high as it was at 44% of respondents very concerned. Um, given that, that the price, you know, output prices we've been seeing at the moment have been very good um, and that I think a lot of farms would have seen in the last 12 months the most profitable period they've seen in a long time. I think that may be a hangover from the drought periods of that cost of input and watching what they did so closely um, because they were running it so, so tight through those drought years. Climate change was only 24% were very concerned, which I think was a, an interesting response. Um, and we also saw as another question that that 70% of producers felt they were doing their part on the climate change uh, issue. So that lines up and I think that needs further investigation. Um, and succession planning was the other one. I mean, right at the bottom of whilst you got land prices very concerned at the top, succession planning was at the bottom of very concerned. Now, I don't know whether that's asking the producer if he's concerned about succession planning or those who are succeeding him uh, or her. Are they concerned about succession planning? So we've certainly got some good follow-up questions to come, but um, you know, probably the real main one to come out of that was Queensland producers were 95% of them uh, interviewed were concerned about property rights and land clearing was their main overarching issue, which was which was probably pretty spot on to what we expected. Just the fact that land prices were at the very top of the list, it feeds back into that cycle of confidence in farming and looking yep. for that expansion and growth. Yep, yep. So I think, um, you know, I think that the farmers always coveted their neighbour's block. Um, it's comforting to know their own block is going up in price, but if the neighbour's is also, it's, it's certainly a concern when they're looking to how to expand or or where to take their business over the next next generation. So. Some interesting responses there, but um, you know, workplace health and regulations was was smack in the middle at about thirty percent. We're very concerned about that, and that probably feeds back into that broader regulation question that we talked about earlier. Of some of it is just the cost of doing business, um, but then again, any business isn't going to really like any increased regulation costs in the first place. I think you're right there, and we're certainly looking forward to tracking these reports over time and. There's a lot of issues here that Auctions Plus have now got to go out and address. So good luck to you on that, Tim. No, I've hopefully bitten off enough that I can keep chewing and um, get the, you know, they're, they're not cheap things to do, these surveys. They do cost a, cost a bit, but um, I think it's hopefully been quite valuable and um, Auctions Plus is looking to, given our, our business is making sure both sides of the buyer and the seller are happy in a transaction, that we might be in a good place to ask some of these questions. So... There'll be a version two coming out of this later in the year, and um, I think there's a lot of follow-up questions to be asked. Yeah, it's great research and insight there, and we really appreciate it being shared across the industry. So uh, great work to Auctions Plus for that. And just finally, Tim, though, I'm going to throw a left-field question at you before you go. So in the current market, if you could be farming anything, anywhere, what would it be? I listen to enough of your podcast to know these left these outfield questions are coming right at the end. So I even did a rehearsal on what football team I support. Um, no, look, my brother and I have just started a farming partnership, and we we just bought uh, 540 ewe lambs. So I'd be going into sheep at the moment. So yeah. I we could turn around on that, but I already have some uh, some nice Angus steers sitting in the paddock as well. Oh, great to hear! All right, well, thank you very much, Tim, and take care. Not a problem. Thanks. Well, there you have it, some insight into livestock producers' outlook and some of their challenges. 
Thanks for listening into Commodity Conversations for another week. We would love for you to share the podcast around with your friends, colleagues, clients, anyone will do. And if you're looking for an update on what's happened in agricultural markets this week, there is plenty on the Mercado website to fill all desires. And we'll be back again next week for another episode. Until then, take care.